Hey, everybody, this is Chuck Everson from Villanova University, and welcome to the Big East Rewind. The Big East Rewind came about when Sonny Sparrow and I from Syracuse University were on a recruiting trip and became friends, and we've been friends ever since. And we had a bond that has developed over playing in the very tough Big East Conference. The Big East Rewind is all about Big East basketball, old school style with the battles and stories that came about during our time playing in the Big East. From the perspective of the media, coaches, former players, and even officials. So we hope you enjoy the Big East Rewind. On this edition of the Big East Rewind, we have the Pitt Panthers in the house. Andre Williams and Big Keith Armstrong, two guys that played down low in the post that did battle with me and, and Sonny in the Big East, uh, Big East games during our time. They'll talk about their relationship with Seth Greenberg, assistant coach, Dr. Roy Chipman, and all about the Big East Conference and the battles that they faced and who they faced off with. You're going to enjoy this one, so sit back, relax, and check out this edition of the Big East Rewind. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Big East Rewind. I'm Chuck Everson, your host, and my point guard and co-host, as always, <laughs> the sensational Sonny Sparrow. How are you, Sonny? I'm good, Chuck. I'm in the land of giants today, baby. I'll do my best. Yeah, you know what? I, like like we were saying earlier, it's becoming a little bit of a pattern. You know, I am. You know, I do favorite the bigger guys, especially yeah. now that the game is kind of taking that post play away from us i kind of missed that so i bring all my big brethren with me you know every time we do a show we seem to have bigger and bigger guys every time we come in and yeah, today is no exception yeah you know, we I'm got two that. of my guys from the pit panthers are in the building today so. panthers are in the right. den baby yeah right. and at, at pit, center for the pit, pit panthers was my man we've traded a lot of elbows in the paint over the years uh keith armstrong is with us today and his teammate also, also yeah, in the paint. We hung out a little bit. And afterwards, after playing uh, in the Big East, we played for years in men's leagues and stuff on Long Island. My good buddy Andre Williams is here with us today. So thanks uh, for coming on, guys. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Definitely, definitely a pleasure. You know, Sonny, Sonny, gets, Sonny gets a little nervous when he gets around all these big guys, Keith. You know, so, I, you know. <laughs> And I got and I got to ask you now that we're here all together. Where the heck are you? What are you like in, in a space shot or something? What do you What are we doing with the uh, with the background? I think this is something that my youngest son, I got thirteen year old, so you know he he was Say experimenting no on the laptop, and this this is what he gave me. So listen, Sonny breaks said, my top every look show good, about my background. That's yeah. the first time I've said anything about anybody else's background. <laughs> Listen, you got you guys are not in competition with the greatest shrine in the Big East, right there. Chuck. I'm, look, I'm looking at it, Chuck. I see yeah, you, you know, baby. It, I see you. Listen, it's it, you know, I had I had nowhere to put the stuff. I threw it up in my garage. That's all right. Oh, uh, oh. Honey does okay. Believe me when I tell you. You know, you play the fiddle, man. Okay, so so let's. I had nowhere to this. put it. <laughs> so let's jump into this, guys. So talk to me. Talk to me about you know your your recruitment from high school. I know Keith, you were from Michigan, and uh, and Dre, you were a Brooklyn guy. So talk to me how you went from Michigan and Brooklyn to Pittsburgh. How did you get to Pittsburgh, Keith? You first. Um. Well. I met, uh, we all know Seth Greenberg. He, he, he's the guy who recruited me to come to Pitt. Yep. And he saw me at Five Star this summer before. And, you know, I, I had a, a pretty good junior year in high school. And uh, I got a chance to go to Five Star in, in Coriopolis. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a basketball player, but also a football player. So I got a football background. So, you guys know when I was on the court, that's how I attacked it. It was all aggression. It was fast paced, things like that. So he liked it. And um, he came by the house, you know, you know, uh, Coach Greenberg, you know, fast talking with the charisma and all that. You know, Dre, you know, <laughs> your homeboy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but he, he just said that, it, you know, he was interested in me because he wanted, originally, he wanted, uh, 
He said that I was supposed to be at center for just one year, you know, and then moving the power forward, you know, because he talked about Dre. He was thinking about moving him to the three, you know, and it's going because Dre, Dre had that offensive skill, that ability to be a three. So that 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 was the whole thing. And I was being recruited in football and basketball. You know, all the Big Ten schools wanted me to play football there. So really? Just, yeah, so it was just going back. You had scholarship forth. offers for both sports, Keith? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, and the thing about it was I was very good at football, but I love basketball. So it was it was a no-brainer. Plus, I grew up in Michigan. So when we practiced outside, and you know, because in, in the middle of November, we get snow, we get it's cold. So that made me that made it an easy decision. I was gonna be on that <laughs> basketball court. <laughs> but I tell you Pittsburgh's the thing no that joke what in the was, time, though. Yeah, it's the truth. It's the truth. But what made me decide to do it because it was like I said, it was other schools that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. I watched North Carolina and Georgetown in the national championship. And Pitt was the only Big East. They told me my freshman year was going to be our first year in the Big East. And I wanted to play. If I couldn't play, and, and, and I can say this now, and if you ask me to repeat it, it's recorded, but if I was going to play, if I couldn't play for Georgetown, then I wanted to play against them. And Pitt was the only uh, biggest Big East school that recruited me. So after that, you know, after that championship game, as a matter of fact, I was in another coach's home watching the game. And uh, I made the decision to go to Pitt. And plus that guy, uh, Andre, he was one of the guys on my visit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do too much, but you know, you know, Chuck, Andre had that charisma. Yeah. <laughs> so, Just so a that's, how bit decided, that's how I decided to go to Pitt. So, so let me ask you then, so, getting back to the football thing because that kind of fascinates me because you know you Andre um Hawkins um Mike Graham at some point all played that same style of game where you could tell you had a little football background and experience you always stayed low where that's where their strength comes from in football and in basketball and you were able to use your body to, to your advantage so what were some of the teams um, that recruited you for football? And did Pitt um, talk to you about playing football as well? Well, um, let's see. I said earlier, the Big, e, the Big Ten schools, maybe six of them recruited me heavily. Uh, Bo Schimbeckler definitely wanted me to come. Mm-hmm. And, Stay home. Um, yeah. We used to send a coach. He used to send a coach by my house all the time. I I, I saw. I went to all the home games in, in Michigan. And you know, and, you know, I was watching. Uh, you know, when when especially I'm a, this is a Syracuse reference. <laughs> I was used to a big crowd because I was looking at every Saturday home game in Michigan, a hundred thousand. So the reverberation and everything, I was used to that. You know, but <laughs> um. The Big Ten schools mostly because I was uh, I was a defensive end and tight end and and they're very very aggressive guy you know and I think uh, when I was at Pitt uh, Coach Foge Fazio I was a junior he yeah. went he went and recruited he he recruited uh, he recruited one of my uh, younger teammates at my my high school and. His name was Eric Ball. He ended up going to uh, UCLA and um, saw old uh, tapes of me. He knew I, I was all state, you know, Adidas all American in football, but he saw old film on me when he was going to recruit Eric. And uh, he came back after the recruiting trip and he was like, look, how, what can I do to talk you into playing? And, you know, and he did that for two years. And I was like, no, I, you know, cause I love basketball. It's just what it was. And a lot of people didn't know that the football players knew because they, the ones who were my friends, he would always go through them. Like, listen, is he ready to do it yet? You know? <laughs> so I ended up 
it got to the point where after after college, uh, I was going to be uh, drafted by the Bengals, but I ended up going there free agent. And because of what I did in high school and just my overall, you know, I was 6'9", 245, you know, so, you know, I mean, you guys see me run up and down the court. Well, picture that in pads and, and, and the license to hurt somebody, so. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How so, about you, Dre? How did, how, how did you go from, from Brooklyn and to Pittsburgh? Well, uh, actually, um, in high school, I attended uh, Boys and Girls High. Um, after a couple of months, uh, my mom asked me how did I like it. I said, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> uh, boys and Girls High was, uh, at first it was Boys High, and then the year I got there, they uh, switched over to Boys and Girls High. Um, Frank Mickens, the legendary Frank Mickens, uh, was a coach. Um, but I didn't like the school, so I wound up transferring to Murray Bertram High School in Lower Manhattan. Yep. There, uh, uh, first, I think my junior year in high school, we won the championship, made a name for ourselves, but we were B division. Um, we had size in the B division, uh, 6'8", 6'8", 6'7", 6'5", 6'5", 6'6". So you normally don't see that kind of size in um, high school at a B division level. Uh, we had four guys to go to D, uh, D1. Uh, myself, a uh, guy, John Cole, Cole, Coleman, Stan Morris, they both went to Lafayette High School. Frank Vasquez, uh, went to LIU, but he played baseball. And we also had a running back on our team called Dennis Blygen. He played for the Jets. So we had a pretty good team. Um, playing in high school, uh, got recruited by Seth Greenberg, got recruited by a couple of uh, Big East teams at the time, Connecticut, Boston College, Syracuse. Um, who else? Uh couple of others at the time. Um, and, you know, a couple of schools on the uh, East Coast, but, uh, and of course, Seth Greenberg was uh, the one who was recruiting me and he recruited me to play a three. So I made the choice. Um, it, it came down to Syracuse and Pitt. I visit Syracuse. Um, it was okay, but uh, to me, it was New York. It was New. It was New York. So uh, I decided, you know, speaking with my mom, I, you know, I chose Pitt because when I went on a visit, it was so laid back, and I didn't need a place where um, I didn't need a place like New York. I needed a place where I know I was comfortable within myself and a place where I can grow as a person not only as a basketball player, but as a person. So um, Seth Greenberg came, um, he recruited me. He had me playing the three, possibly the four, but he had me playing the three. And Seth, uh, how should I say, uh, in his head, he actually had me playing the two and three. The only reason he had me playing the two and the, the two was because I can pass out of the post or from off the wing. So, yeah. and, you know, um, and I can shoot from outside. So I was thin. I was 6'8". When I got to school, I was 6'8", 170, going to pit. But mm -hmm. uh, my first year, as things move on, um, I kind of uh, beat, beat out the uh, center at the time, who was Steve Baby. And they put me in the lineup as center. Yeah. And they put me in the lineup as a center. I say, well, I'm not a center to myself. I said that, but I wasn't going to say that to them because I wanted to play. Yeah. Going to get so, on the floor. Yeah. Right. Well, you, so I'm on the floor. So I'm six eight. I'm a six eight three playing center. So uh, I want to play. You know. Uh, Having having some success, you know, my first year, and it 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 was, I would say it was a little tough because I'm six eight at the time. I'm one seventy five, 
and I'm going to, up against, uh, at the time, uh, Atlantic 10, I'm going against uh, Roy Henson, uh, Big Mike Brown, um, yeah. um, guys like that. Um, but again, I'm not going to say anything because I wanted to play. So, you know, I did my best. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, uh, we had a pretty uh, successful uh, first year. You know, we wound up beating um, West Virginia uh, in the Eastern Eight Championship who had uh, Greg Jones, if you remember, Sonny. Yep. Um, he had Greg Jones. Um, they had uh, a couple other guys um, that was pretty good. Lester Rowe, mm -hmm. uh, pretty good. Todd mm -hmm. Russell. So uh, we wound up beating those guys for the championship and going to the NCAA. So uh, it worked out. It worked out pretty well. Now, you guys joined, and you came in the same year I did, I think, Andre. You came in, you graduated high school, 81? Yes. Yeah, so we were the same four years. And then, Keith, you came in, graduate 82, right? Yeah, yeah, Keith and I were the same. Yeah, you two, yeah, okay. So, yeah, so so you you literally grew into it. You you graduated high school at 6'6", six, six, now you're 6'8". Did they think you were going to go more? Uh, well, um, that's 6'8", I hit the ceiling. So, okay. uh, but um, they, they thought, or I don't know what they thought um, as far as uh, weight-wise because I was thin. Yeah, so, me too. Um, that's where the recruiting came. That's where my next year came. And I told Keith he needed to come because <laughs> I didn't need to be playing the middle. He needed to save my body. <laughs> remember, I was yeah. a wingman. Yeah. So I was a wingman. So I was a three playing yeah. the five position. So he played so, face, face the basket versus back to the basket. It's a whole nother. Right. Way. So, right. So my back is to the basket all the yeah. time. stuff, And, you know, uh, a lot of our offense, when it did come to the five, um, I could pass from out of the post or whatever it was. So it was easy. But um, again, um, I'm not going to complain about uh, uh, <laughs> being on the floor. I'm not going to complain at all about being on the floor. Now, I, I have yeah. to be honest with you. When when Pitt joined the Big East was one of the happiest moments in Syracuse because there was talk about Pitt, Syracuse, Penn State forming a football conference and pulling us out of the Big East. So when you guys joined the Big East, it was there was a huge celebration in the Dome. I'll never forget it. It was we finished a game. We went to that little food area. If you guys remember that in the Dome, right. there was that little area with the drinks yeah. and snacks and whatnot. Yeah. And and the guy came in and Pitt joined the and we were like ecstatic. That was one of our our highlights. I told Clive the same thing. So that was a great moment. That was so. Then I think your junior and senior year, then Andre, you guys are now in the Big East, right? Right, sophomore, junior, senior year. Yes. Okay. So you you now are you're going from Henson and Big Mike Brown to Andre Haw Excuse me, Andre Hawkins, Patrick Ewing, Otis Thorpe, John Pannon. You know, yeah. take take your bruise. You know. Right. But you you guys were tough. You got, that was one. I'm telling you, your field house was one of the toughest places to play. Marble. So talk about the transition into the Big East from it was the Eastern Eight, right, or Atlantic? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. East eight talk, from eight. talk about that transition because it was a joyous moment in Syracuse. Let me tell you. Well, um, for me personally, it wasn't so much of the trend. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't a hard. It wasn't hard at all because. Um, a lot of the guys in the Big East, I played against in high school. Right. Yep. So you see familiar faces, you just have to adjust to your game, you know, because those guys are growing bigger and stronger, just like you. You're growing bigger right. and stronger. So you see these guys all the time and you just try to think of a playground situations, you know, <laughs> what would you do on the playground situation? How would you handle it? You know, um, it was a great uh, move because now, uh, more of my family had an opportunity to see us play. Yep. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because you said boys and girls high. Were you? Did you cross paths with Pearl in high school? Yes, because Pearl actually went to Norman Thomas High School. And Bertram and Norman Thomas were big robberies in, uh, in that class, in the B division class. Pearl mm -hmm. transferred. He went to boys and girls high. I transferred out of Boys and Girls High, but I was a year older, and okay. I went to uh, Murray Bertram High School. Gotcha. 
Yeah, Pearl went into Boys and Girls as a sophomore, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, Keith, talk about how, how did you feel the transition was when, when – because so when you came in your first year, you were sold on you were going to be playing in the Big East, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said before, that was one of the main reasons. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think, you know, there's people in our generation, you know, I, I just from my football background and just coming from – and, you know, the thing about it is – we always went back and forth with Dre and them, you know, New York, you know, New York City basketball and all of that, right? Well, you know, where I'm from, Michigan, Detroit, that area right there, we got some ballers too, you know? So the, the, what I'm to speak on that is fearless. You, when you go out there to play and you know you're playing against somebody great, oh man, that, your game just, it just, because as a matter of fact, the fact that we got to play in the because my freshman year was the first year we were in or the second year we was in uh for Big East tournament Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. You know what I mean? Yep. As soon as you step on that floor, that energy, man. Hey, look, I I didn't believe it until I stepped on that floor. Yes, that's a magical place. It really Isn't that is. That's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah, because I'm gonna tell you, I'll tell you what, your teammate, Eric Sanifer. Yep. Eric Sanifer was was the yep. legend where we came from. Ann Arbor. Yep. When you guys was in an NIT, we were cheering for you guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, look, and I'm going to tell you a funny story about it is, look, well, I'll say Villanova for later because Villanova, they, they're just a special place for me. But when we played against you guys the first time, Dre, you remember this. I think it was 24,000. That's a small crowd. It was 24,000 up there. And, and it was on television. I think it might have been maybe, because you think about it, Big East, we were on everywhere. TNT, USA, TBS, we were everywhere. And we played you guys. And I remember it was 24,000. When, we when we were warming up and we were the new kids in the bar, you remember that, Dre? Where yeah. everybody surrounded the court. Yeah. And it was those big speakers, the big yep. gigantic speakers and music. <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah. Oh my God, I was so hyped up. That was just crazy. And I played, I didn't play a lot my freshman year, but I got in that game. And I witnessed Red Bruin with one of the, the crazy, he, it was just a simple dunk. But the thing about it is, watching him look down into the rim when he dunked. And we're coming back on a fa on a fast break, and um, it was funny. Eric was going up for a layup, and I'm hustling back, and I knew it was him. And I said, "I'm going to get some points if I pin his pin against the backboard, right?" And he laid it up, and I missed it, and I hit the back, I slammed it, bam, hit the backboard, right? He looked at me, he said, "Come on, man." <laughs> That's all he said. <laughs> <laughs> No, he would well, never I, say that. Yeah, oh, Eric's no, not no, that kind no, of guy. He was a shy guy. Well, well, well <laughs> my, one, of my, one, of, one of my probably greatest memories at Syracuse was probably not playing, but having a conversation with uh, uh, Coach Malone. Brendan, Moses. He, rec he recruited me. He's and great. every time he would see me, Yes. He would grab me and say, "You know, you're wearing the wrong colors. You know, you <laughs> because it came, it came down to Syracuse and, and, and Pitt. Honestly, yeah, yeah. it really did. And um, I mean, all of my teammates in high school thought I was going to Syracuse, but you know, it was just that, I guess that New York. You know, you, you just had to make your own your your own way. Yeah, Coach Beheim had a pretty good connection down there. Clive Vaughn, I think, said the same thing. It came down to Syracuse yep. and Pitt as well. He did right? Yeah. He did. Now so, you and Clive were not the same position, though, right, Andre? Uh, actually, we were the three, the three, right. four. But of course, you know, Clyde, you know, uh, was known. Uh, <laughs> if there was a three-point shot back in the Big East, <laughs> he probably would have broken every yeah. three-point record yeah. in the hear What anybody says, no he would have broke some three-point records, but uh. 
you know, when you're competitive, you know, why not have two threes yeah. <laughs> on the same floor? <laughs> because I'm six eight and Clyde is six four, six five. Right. Yeah. So, so you you are the pro. I thought he was bigger because when I was recruited and Seth came to my house. He had this paraphernalia. It had, it had, uh, and I was telling Keith this the other day. He had a big button, and, and they had Clyde on there as a Superman with a yellow uh, Superman outfit with the blue cape and a blue P for Pittsburgh on his chest. <laughs> like, the heck is with this guy? And I see him scoring all the points. And the reason Sonny and I are laughing as you're talking about Clyde is, and we've had Clyde on. Clyde had probably the greatest line in the history of the Big East Rewind. He said. You know, uh, he was talking to Gene Waldron from Syracuse and they played together in Europe and he would tell guys, he said, if I get the ball, I'm I'm shooting the ball. So he told Gene, you can go ahead and get yourself the assist. Pass me the ball. I'll get the points. You get the assist. And we (laughs) we just thought that was that's that's him. That's that's Clyde. Yeah, it's clear. There's no gray area, man. It was black and white. No gray area. You knew it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And he he's quoting he's quoting scores and everything from games that happened thirty plus years ago, like they happened yesterday. It was unbelievable. Yep. But look, yep. guys, guys, let me tell you something. And Dre, you'll attest to this: win, lose, or draw, Clyde had that score sheet in his hand after the game, <laughs> and he was <laughs> he looked. At, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, hey. he did. He was a hell of a player, leader, though, man. Yeah, he, he was, was great. great. Yeah, oh, he, yeah, he, yeah, he was yeah. tough. Oh, I mean. His his, we had, his his weak side rebounding was incredible, man. Yep. Seriously, I mean, you you look, but he probably averaged maybe nine rebounds his his career. I mean, because Clyde could go get the board now, especially at the offensive board, because he knew those points was coming. So, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Both of you guys talked about yeah. Seth Greenberg, and I don't think anybody in the big East as an assistant coach, put more miles on their car than that guy did. He was everywhere yes. when we were being recruited, myself included. I mean, he, every, every time I went to a game, Seth was in the second row, a third row, every time I went and, and it's, and everybody that's, you know, been involved with the big East that has talked about the recruiting um, has mentioned his name with fond memories. Uh, you know, Tony Bruin. Yep. Yeah. So, so talk about when you guys get to Pittsburgh now, Roy Chipman is the head coach, right? At that time. And and Seth is the assistant coach. What kind of relationship did you have with, with Dr. Chipman? And was was Seth a big part of your uh, experience at Pittsburgh? Was he the guy you guys went to? Did you remain close with Seth? Or did you have that, uh, that kind of relationship with Chipman as well? Well, for myself, um, I think later on, I had a little bit of relationship with um, Coach Chipman. Uh, To this day, I have a relationship with um, Seth Greenberg. Uh, When he recruited me, uh, we drove from the project areas in Brooklyn, where I live. He had a a convertible car, loaded up all my stuff, suitcases and everything. He picked me up in front of the building and we drove to Pittsburgh and he dropped me off. And to this day, I can call him on the phone to say, hey, how you doing? Introduce me to his mom, introduce me to his brothers. So uh, every time um, I would call him uh, when my mom was living, he would ask how my brothers and sisters was doing. Um, That's the kind of relationship we had. Um, I mean, I, you know, whatever, you go through with coaches, you can say, I can call this guy because I know he'll have some good words for me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Coach Chipman, um, different person, wasn't uh, real relatable in that way. But I would say that at the end of my career, he came to me and he said, I have two countries that would like you to play overseas, I'm gonna take care of you. And you never really thought of him like that, but he took care of me like that. So, and my brothers always say, whatever you do, never burn your bridges. Always, you know, toughen it out or whatever, whatever situation may be, just toughen it out. And I tough, you know, I toughened it out. And at the end, he, you know, he said, hey, I got two uh, 
two uh, countries that's looking at you, want you to go right right now. And uh, well, actually three, Japan, it was Japan, Ireland and Finland. And he says, uh, I'm gonna set you up and uh, we're gonna go from there. Nice. That's yeah. good. That's Co- Co- Coach Beheim is a similar type of personality, almost as you're describing. A right. hard guy at first to get to know, but like Jeannie Waldron will say that exact same thing. When it came down to it, Jeannie, I took care of you, you know, but not right. not in your face. I got you. It was sort of like in the background, you know. Right. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. Keith, so, what was your experiences with Coach Coach um, Greenberg and Coach Chipman? Okay, uh, let me just start off by saying that I really enjoyed how you approached that answer about Coach Chipman. Andre, that was very, uh, very good. <laughs> very good. Um, I'll start with uh, Coach Greenberg. I, I got to echo what Andre said because, see, the thing about it is we still have a relationship to this day. Now, you, you think about the different places that he coached mm-hmm. and what I would do, uh, maybe – I'm trying to think it was probably a year ago. He called me up because we're Facebook friends. He called me up and he asked me, he said, listen, Keith, I know you're in law enforcement. I want your perspective. I'm gonna have older players. I have another player, one of my older players that, that that's in law enforcement. I want your perspective. We're gonna, I'm gonna call a bunch of the guys. He said, because I don't understand. And I, I wondered, he said, he wanted to see if the conversation with everyone could help him understand what was going on in the climate in, in, in the world, in the United States, you know, mm-hmm. as far as uh, Black Lives Matter and all these different things and the police thing, you know. So yeah. I got on there and everyone on there echoed exactly what Dre and myself echoed. It's like this man, because I called him up, my son ended up playing my oldest son ended up playing overseas uh, after he graduated. He, he went to um, Italy and he went to Peru. And while he was in high school, he wasn't getting a lot of recruitment. But see, the thing about it is I know not to panic because being an ex-athlete, uh, you know there's different avenues for your child to go if he's a, bas- he's a real basketball player. I called him up not to get the coach to recruit, but just for advice to talk about my son because he, you know, I'm realistic, you know, and, and I believe the four of us are too. I'm realistic when it comes to, you know, basketball and, you know, with your child, you want your child to be great, but if he's not great, you don't want him, you don't want to lie to him. So I had many conversations with Coach Greenberg about that. And, you know, he gave me some great advice. He really did. And what he ended up doing was he settled my spirit because you know how you're on the road of uh, you know what's right, but then all of a sudden that that panic started to seep in in the back because my my son was going into his senior year and I know he could play somewhere because he ended up going to Robert Morris and he and he played at East, East Carolina. But the thing about it is it started to creep in because uh, just just for the simple fact that it didn't, you know, I, I like things to be handled. So many conversations with Coach Greenberg helped me through that to keep my head. Let me put it like that. And I never asked him. I, 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 I asked him one time, well, look, do you know anyone who needs, you know, uh, a, a, a four? You know what I mean? Just give me a phone call. You know, he called, as a matter of fact, he called his brother. And his brother sent somebody through. And his brother, another very, very nice man. So in a long-winded way, he's a great person. And if he if he could do if he could do for you, he would. Yeah, now, no doubt. There's no doubt. Dre, I've, no, had, I've had some experiences with him because his his daughter played volleyball at Villanova. So a lot of times okay. when we had events, he would always be cool. hanging around with Jay and, and stuff like that. So I got to know him pretty well after we were done playing, you know? So right. I, I get mm-hmm. where you guys are coming from. Right. Talk a little bit about the, the culture at Pittsburgh. That's a big term that's used these days. Back then when we were playing, not so much. I mean, it, it was there. Like we had the family atmosphere type thing with Coach Massimino and everybody talks about that. And, you know, that word is thrown around a lot. 
What what was the culture like at Pittsburgh back in the eighties when you guys played? Well, um, I stumped you. Well, well, no, <laughs> no, no it's, it's easy. It's well, easy. I can tell you. Go ahead, Dre. Go ahead. As, as far as as far as um, for me, a kid, a young man coming from Brooklyn going to Pittsburgh, uh. College is supposed to be uh, not what you what you want it to be, but not what you think it is. So you come, you go to college, and um, you see faces that's not your color. You see a lot, a lot of you know uh, uh, white Americans. You see a few black Americans, and sometimes you say, "Why is this?" And then you see a section of whites hanging with whites and blacks hanging with blacks yeah. for me it didn't matter mm -hmm. because um i have family members who are german dutch so to me it, it was kind of easy and my mom always taught me um it's not the color of the skin it's the person mm -hmm. you know if somebody treats you nice then you treat them nice back. It, it, it shouldn't really matter. Um, it, it was easy because you play basketball. And sometimes it was hard because you play basketball. Because the easy part was you play basketball. The hard part was you play basketball. You know, <laughs> oh, you're a basketball player. So, you know, you get it easy or whatever. But that wasn't the case. You know, uh, if you knew my mom, Louise Williams, you know, that wasn't the case. Or if you knew Seth Greenberg or Roy Chipman, because if you didn't do what you were supposed to do, you was running the Pitt Stadium steps. So culturally, um, I have friends that were white and black at, you know, at the University of Pittsburgh, you know, um, to me, you know, it really didn't, it really didn't matter because uh, as people will probably tell you, you know, I'm just a people's person. So coming from Brooklyn and, you know, coming to Pittsburgh was, you know, culturally, culturally sound for me was a great choice. You know, it was probably a place where I thought that I would probably have a family there. And just to go back, um, I just want to uh, put a notch on it about uh, Roy Chipman. Um, years later, uh, when I was playing overseas and I came back and I spoke to him and he was happy for me and this, that, and the other. And a uh, couple of years past that, um, I spoke to one assistant coaches, Reggie Warfare, and he spoke to me and said, Coach Chipman had cancer. He, you know, he passed away of cancer. You know, and um, I gave him a call and, you know, it to me, that was a very great feeling to speak to him on the phone and to have him say, you know, uh, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. You was, you know, one of, the, you know, my favorite players and this, that and the other. So to me, that's culture. That's culture to, to, to go back and be able to, you know, mend, mend that situation for the many years, you know, and say, hey, uh, we can have a relationship. So, uh, and my daughter goes to Hartwick College where Roy Chipman was the athletic director. Oh, wow. At college. Oneana, New York. Yes. Right, so, right in my backyard. Right. So that's where she, she goes to Hartwick College, right? Oh, that's so, great. Hey, if she needs anything, let me know. Oh, absolutely. So, Keith, how about yourself? Talk about that culture. All right, well, when I said it was easy, what I mostly think about and the reason why we're in the ACC right now is a football school. It is what it is. I mean, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. But it is a football culture and it's driven by that, you know, um, you might not, you not might feel that sunny in, in Syracuse a little bit, but you guys have had some national titles though. So see, that's what I'm saying is, and we've had some success, but it's a football school, so everything was geared around that. Yep. And 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 some of my very good friends played football for Pitt. I still keep in contact today, and and it's the truth. But the thing about it was with Dre's class and my class, because we were blessed enough to go into the Big East, because I say it all the time, 
there were great basketball players prior to us getting there. You see what I mean? So it wasn't like, you know, we just brought it there and all of a sudden it was great. No, it was great players and they, was in, they were in great conferences. But being a football school is a different thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I say that to say with Penn State, which I don't wish any good on, on them at all because I went to Pitt. But if they were to uh, win a national a bas- a national championship in basketball, it's still going to be a football school. You, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just how well, it is. But, well, that was like that I was said, why our, our biggest fear at Syracuse was because football was still driving the bus. Yeah, and we yeah. were going to follow Pitt if Pitt went. And that's why we ultimately went to the ACC was football. Yeah, you know, and, and and I get it because you know it generates generates the most capital, and and I get that. But I when I say that it was the worst day of my life because I've been living down here since '95 and I had to hear ACC, 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 and then I said, hey, somebody came to me at work and like, hey, you know, you guys are going to the ACC. I said, man, quit lying to me, right? I, know, I said, we'll never leave the Big East, and then I saw it. Oh, I was I was upset for about a month. So I really was. I really yeah, truly me too. was. Yeah. Well, let me just say this this real quick. I was not the easiest person to get along with. It's not that I had a bad attitude or anything like that, but I always spoke my mind. What was on my mind, I said it. And when you're younger, you don't have the most tactful thing. So me and Coach Chipman would always I would know out of respect, I wouldn't argue with him. But the thing about it was, I was in the doghouse a couple of times. You know, mm-hmm. Dre, Dre's senior year, I was in the doghouse. When we beat you guys, Chuck, um, the year you won the national championship, I was yeah, in the doghouse. I sat at the bench. I sat there and, and did not get off that bench because of something, a mistake that I made in, in, in um, practice, in which, I should have just owned up to, but I was too young and reckless at the time and should have went in there and apologized to the coach because it was his, it was his gym, it was his practice. And I made a mistake in what I did with another teammate in which I apologized to the teammate. You see what I mean? But I didn't apologize to the coach. So guess what? I was sitting there and then we just so happened to go on. You remember that? We went on like a four game winning streak while I'm sitting on the bench, right? Yep. So, you know, I was not going to leave that bench because that the, 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 the squad that was taking care of it, it was going on. And afterwards, see, the timing in it was Coach Chipman resigned my senior year. So if it was any help that he could do for me, he had let it all go by the time the end of the, the season right. was. But we did have a talk. And this before, and, and I'm, I'm gonna share this with you guys. What ended up happening was we had just, it was a game, with, it was my senior year and we were about to play Georgetown in the Civic Arena. And I've been, I, I wasn't starting at the time, but I was coming, I was doing major minutes coming off the bench. So he called me into the office, his office, and he sat down and he apologized to me. And I said, well, what are you apologizing for? You know, because I knew in my mind that I was partly responsible for that whole thing anyway. So he just said that, you know, he apologized and all of these different things. And he was going to start with a new, a clean slate. And, you know, you, you, he was going to give me the opportunity to work myself back into my starting position or whatever. But at the time, I didn't care because I was playing. I was on the floor. So it didn't make, make a difference to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, he so, sat for that game. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so what he ended up doing was we went down, we practiced, and after practice, he called a meeting. And he came in, he told us he was resigning at the end of the season. Oh, that was your senior so, year. Yeah. That was oh. my senior year. Oh, okay. So he said, I'm I'm resigning. And even though I was young and immature. That was big. I'm like, wow. So, you know, I could have took it where what you cleaning your slate, you want to make sure you leave here. But it, it was a real earnest conversation he and I had. You know what I mean? 
And we ended up beating Georgetown uh, when uh, that two days later. But the thing about it was, I I knew that I had to take responsibility for what kind of person that I was being. You know what I mean? Because sometimes, mm-hmm. even if you feel, even if a person is grading, if, if a person is is messing with you, this is what I learned over the years, and it took it took me into my law enforcement career. It makes no difference is how you react to it. You know what I mean? Because yep. my my idea, I was I was just strong will. I had a football mentality. This is what it was. You know. Mm-hmm. So getting back to the whole thing. I love Pitt because it loves its football team the way it does. But I always wish that it was a all-encompassing thing when it came to basketball, too. Yeah. You know? But the atmosphere, the football atmosphere, is glorious. It's glorious. Okay, I got to ask you guys each one thing. You can take a second to think about it. But thinking back on your days in the Big East, Think of someone that you came up against, some competition or some game, and just just tell us a little insights into either a game or a moment. Uh, you know, you talked about playing in the Dome for the first time, but, you know, uh, in particular, it could be your matchup, could be a team, a game, event. What what kind of things come to mind that stand out? What's What kind of stories about some of your time? You want to start, Dre? Uh, of course, with St. John's. Uh I had probably my best games against St. John's. Um, sophomore year, St. John's were playing. Uh, David Russell, Billy mm-hmm. Good, Kevin Williams, <laughs> Mike Moses. Oh, Keep going. <laughs> oh, that front Chris line. Mullen, they were actually ranked. Um, <laughs> I thought they were probably ranked like fifth in the country or two or three in the country and all these guys are on the court. So uh, we're playing and before the game, uh, you had big Jeff Allen and, and, and Winnington. I'm the center. I'm sitting. I'm, I'm the center. So uh, he comes up to me. So uh, uh, coach comes up to me. Uh, we, we're in the locker room. I can see it as it is today. Uh, I come out the locker room. I'm walking towards upstairs, me and him. And he said, listen, and that's that's the one and only time he has said this to me, Adam Hayes. He said, listen, go in there. You can shoot it right over there. So to me, I didn't think he really recognized that I could shoot that well. But he said, look, you go in there, you just shoot it right over them. Don't worry about them blocking your shot or whatever. Just go in there and, you know, play a game. I think you can, you know. I'll score them. Man, listen, Sonny, I got in that game. Green light. Green light. That's what it was. It was all green light. Yeah, man. Part of the game, you have, I used to, you have uh, uh, David Russell. He was hot coming into this game. I mean, he had a couple of games, he was just coming hot. He couldn't hit the side of a barn. If wow. he was standing in it, he had that bad game. Well, I wouldn't say that bad, but it wasn't the David Russell game. Yeah. And then as the game goes on, I'm not a talker. I don't, I keep my mouth shut. David Russell was talking and he was talking smack to uh, Roosevelt Kirby. Oh, we're going to do this and we're going, you know, and I was like, yo, man, and F you, you be quiet and whatever. So I was like, okay, <laughs> let me just back up. I just lit it up. That game, I lit it up. Me and Clyde, Clyde went for 24. I think I went for 24 that game. So I, I just can remember, you know, guys trash talking and me just looking like, okay, just keep your mouth shut because I don't play well if I trash talk. So <laughs> I went up there and we just lit them up. <laughs> I love it. How about you, Keith? You got to have some good stuff. Oh, oh man. A lot. Georgetown. Georgetown. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I'm going to tell you what's so funny about it. I, I, I mean, I got a lot of story, but the one person that I ran into, now, you know, we had Patrick, we had Ed, Chuck. Chuck was the strong one, right? But, you know, my football, uh, I was always a strong physical session. I mean, I like, listen, 
you might have a little bit on me, but we're going to go. We're going to go at it, right? <laughs> the one guy, I tell people this all the time, man, where he sobered me up is what he did. I was a sophomore, I believe. Otis Thorpe came into Pittsburgh. Otis Thorpe. Oh, God. And that was that was Andre's friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was Andre's friend. And he talked about Otis all the time. And I always respected him because Otis used to give Patrick the business. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. And, and yep. Otis was like, what, about 6'10", 6'9 and a half, yeah. something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was on a, a little roll. And we had went to a two, three. I don't know if you remember this, Dre. And we were favored over Providence, but there was, you know, it was close at halftime. Coach Chipman cursed me out. We were playing a two, three zone, but you know, Otis, those shoulders, man, and those big hands, his strength across his shoulders and his, it, it was phenomenal. Huge. Yeah. And, he, I went around and, you know, I tried the uh, three-quarter, right? And I it must have irritated him because he looked at me. He said, don't do it again. <laughs> I said, don't do it again. I said, I'm coming back, right? So, you know, I said, man, I got, I'm trying to stay on this court, man, right? So I came around and he swung his elbow around, hit me right here. Boom! I'm like... Goodness, I thought it was on the football field. I'm serious. So yep. I, when I say he sobered me up, I said to myself, Keith, you are in the game. I had zero fouls at that point. And I I, and I don't know if it, I'm going to tell you, it was funny if he remembers it, it would be hilarious. I walked up to him. I said, I apologize ahead of time, but you're about to get the business. I'm using every foul on you right now, right? <laughs> I'm serious. And it wasn't, it wasn't hard. There wasn't no like flagrant foul, but the way he hit me across the ch my, my chest, I took that totally personal. He made, he, he tried to treat me like I was some kind of kid. I said, okay, and I'm coming down. You know, I will block it, but I'm like throwing them, right? <laughs> and I'm, I, 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 four fouls, that was it. But by, by the fourth foul, he had slowed up. He didn't quit. But as far as when he, when I when I came to play defense on him, he's like, all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was, but when I tell people that that uh, well, all those great guys in the Big East, that man right there, he made me understand what it meant to be against a grown man. Seriously. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. I give him all this. And look, and I, I was always an Ed Pickney fan, always a Patrick Young fan. You know, I'm going to tell you, um, it was one, I like, and, and Ed was Andre's friend. Andre was telling the truth. Andre knew everybody and everybody loved Andre. You know what I mean? Partly because he was a baller, you know, and but then his magnetic personality. But see, <laughs> we always seen that, the, you know, like Andre was mad all the time when he was around us, though. <laughs> but I was no, all right. I was, never, I was never mad. I was never mad. I, I got funny real quick. I got one story. Sure. This is against Go Villanova. Ahead. Against okay. Villanova. All right. Love to hear some. Uh, me and Ed always spoke. So, you know, we always go back and forth, you know. And when we played Villanova before they won a the championship, we played on NBC. It was game of the week. Ed was coming to town. Call Ed, you know, how you doing this and that. And, you know, Ed, he, Ed wasn't a, a trash talker, but he, Chuck, he would throw them little slides uh -huh. in there, right? He would throw those little slides in there like, yeah, okay, yeah, we're going to get you out tomorrow. Or something slick, he would say. So uh, I wouldn't say anything. So we played, we played Villanova at the field house. And we're up by 20 a lot. <laughs> you guys were 20 crushing. We're up by 20 and a half. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We go up by 30 on national TV. Right? 
to yep. this day, they, Villanova thanks us for winning the national team national championship. I, I would, you I just call, took the words out of my mouth, Dre. I was just I about call, to say thank you. Right. <laughs> I called Ed after the game. He said, after the game, we went straight to the field house and we had practice to two or three o'clock in the morning. That's right. After that game, they went on a roll. Them and Boston College, when it came down to them playing us in the um in the, at Madison Square Garden, yeah. Yeah. they were fighting that no, we want them. We want Pitt. We want Pitt. No, we want Pitt. Yeah. And yeah. Villanova thanked us for winning the national championship. You know, it's funny in that game that you're speaking about, you know, we the first five, actually the first seven, um, he told everybody in the locker room when we came in at halftime, he was fired up. You know, he said, you get exactly two minutes to play. If you don't want to play. That's fine. Everybody's coming out and I'm putting the second team and you will not get back in this game. And that's exactly what happened. He took the first seven guys out of the game. Nobody got back in and NBC or CBS, wherever the game was, yep. gave the player of the game to the Villanova second team. Villanova second team got player of the game for uh, for the Villanova side, which I don't think has ever been done at that point. But that building you mentioned, the Fitzgerald oh, Fieldhouse. Don't start. Oh don't my start. God, that was don't start. That was one of the toughest places to play. The not worst. only because of that game, but I don't know how you guys felt, but the floor it seemed like the floor was directly on the cement. It was like playing <laughs> on a wooden asphalt floor. You know, and every time we practiced there, I would be, I'd have to ice down everything because it was and so had, hard on your legs there. And you had to enter through the crowd, like, yeah. like, like it oh was like, oh, it was, it couldn't stand it. Oh, God, that was a hard place. That Tough place the cluster, play. I didn't like either, but that place was hard. The, yeah. the one thing that we enjoyed about going to Pittsburgh, though, is, is Coach Mass always found the great Italian spots to eat. We wound up going to Oakland or something. And uh, yeah, they had the time. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's exactly right. And we went and uh, that's where we did all our pregame stuff out and out there. With that part yeah. was great, but the floor yeah. and the crowd there, man, that was rough. That was a rough yeah. place. Yeah. You yeah. guys definitely we had a home court advantage playing in there. Yeah. Hey, we love. Hey, hey, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Uh, yeah. Tell them about when we were talking about Dwayne McLean and Matt Nichols Seven. Well, yeah, you're talking about the game that we had at the at at the Cat House, which we also had a court, Sonny. That was a band box. I, all the Big East teams did it. It was point. terrible. Ter oh, Remember it was terrible. they were shaking it. They were shaking. All, they were shaking the backboard, Dre. Oh well, you know what? You, you guys came in and it snowed about three feet the day that you guys came in. Yes. And I thought they were going to cancel the game. They said, "Well, Pittsburgh's here. The referees are here. You guys stayed right up the street, you know." And uh, so they had the game, and I guess everybody, uh, they opened the doors to the, you know, all the students were able to just come in for free just to fill the building up. And so they were doing what students do when they get a snow day. Everybody was, you know, having a couple of beverages and uh, came in. So it was the most raucous crowd I've ever seen in that mm -hmm. place. And then Dwayne caught a dunk on, I guess it was Matt Miklasevich, right, Keith? Yeah, yeah. He caught a dunk on Matt where it was he came down on the left side because that's the only place he comes down on. He's always everybody in the whole building knows he's left handed. He comes down and dunks the ball on Matt and landed on him and kind of sat on his shoulders. And there's a picture in the newspaper of the referee with the whistle out of his mouth like, oh, my God, he couldn't call a charge or a block because he was so in shock that Dwayne went over him like that. That was that was, that was a wild, you know. That was a wild game. That was the craziest thing I ever seen in my life, man. Because Matt is six seven, a strong six seven. Yeah. And I'm I'm running back trying to get back, and Matt was good for taking charges, so he stopped. He stood in there. Well, man, oh my. He he when was on with the Red Bruin and talked about that and said, <laughs> "What do we do, Red, when you get a six foot eight guy that tries to take a charge? You jump over him." Oh, yeah. over that's what I would that's what I would say too, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chuck and I were like, yeah, that's what we do. That's what we do. Yeah, I that's what I do. <laughs> I jump right over the guy. So so listen, guys, I gotta ask you, you know, you know, this year was a tough year for everybody. 
Uh, but especially for you guys that wore the, the Panther uniform, you guys lost one of your brothers this year. Uh, talk about your relationship, Keith, with Demetrius Gore. I mean, that that guy uh, was one hey, of the man. best in the league. I think he didn't get enough credit for how good he really was. He gave us fits every time we played you guys. Um, he was always at the top of the, uh, you know, the scoring charts and everything else. Talk about Demetrius for a minute, if you will. Well, Demetrius, the person, was probably one of the best people you ever want to meet. One of the most open, um, caring type of person, funny, highly intelligent, um, and and as a player, of course. But you know, he was my brother. You know, because we were roommates. His freshman after his freshman year, we became roommates, and they put him with me, <laughs> which is funny, because. Uh, what was crazy about it was they put him with me because they thought that I would be a common influence with him, you know, because he, you know, he's coming from Detroit and, you know, he's, you know, a little high strung, you know what I mean? And they didn't know that that was probably one of the best things they could have done for both of us, you know, because I understood what kind of person he was. And he wasn't a bad person at all. No, not at all. It was just the simple fact that he was 18, you know, and he was away from home and all these different things. And I could say that I was a big brother to him in the sense that I got up because I didn't want to get left, you know, at the hotel stranded because we overslept. So I always was the one, I was his alarm clock. You know, I always pulled him in and talked to him about it. I think he was what one of the one, and, and, and his passing kind of put me on this path. And that's why I'm grateful for this, this, this uh, uh, podcast here, because you know how you had teammates and the last time you saw them was in college. So you only knew them when they were 21, 22 years old, 19 years old. That's the person that you knew. But now that you're 56 years old, when you meet them again, you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta get acquainted with them all over again. So you're you're wasting precious time, especially if you care about that person. Well, with me and Demetrius, we kept, we were in touch from the time that I left school all the way up until his passing. I talked to him like three or four times a week. He lived in uh, Harlem, you know, and um, I'm uncle to his kids. And when I say, when I say how hurt and devastated I was, it, it I can't even really and truly, that's not enough to be perfectly honest. It's yeah. not enough, you know, because What's so funny about it is he's, he has different relationships with a lot of people. That's how big his personality was, where he had relationships with everyone and they, could, they can say that, that, that they were intimate relationships, you know? But I know that I know him as my brother and, and really and truly it's not a day that goes by when I want to pick up the phone and call him because we always talk about things, you know, like yeah. his, his and Charles Smith relationship is a funny relationship. They're good friends, but every once in a while he would call me like, well, guess what? And he'll say something like his, his, his and Charles interaction was, and then we'll laugh about it and then we'll go forward. But it's not, I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I, I don't, I'm not an emotional person, but when I say he's my brother, that that is really and truly my brother, you know? Yep. Yep. Larger than life. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're all getting to that age, man. You know, you know, uh, Sonny played with Pearl, the Pearl passed, as you know, coach Max right. from our squad, you know, so it's, it, we're getting to that age and um, you know, it, it sucks getting old, but it's glad that you can, it's good that you can remember all the good times that you have with them and, you know, and how special he was to not only you as your buddy, 
but uh, as a teammate and as a, a Pitt Panther and what he did for that university and Absolutely. Uh, how, we rep- how we represented you guys in all facets Absolutely. of the game. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Dre, why don't okay. you take us home, man, and, and give us your final thoughts of playing at, playing at Pitt and playing in the Big East during that time in the heyday of the Big East. Uh, at that time, um, historical, especially yeah, where I grew word. up at, especially where I grew up at, uh, you grew up, uh, in Brooklyn and you can name countless players, famous players who have played, who has, who have come out of Brooklyn, but we never count the ones that didn't make it. And I was fortunate enough to come out of Brooklyn and to play in the legendary Big East tournament, Big East Conference. I mean, uh, I see friends today that I haven't seen in a long time, and they'd be like, "Hey, Dre, yeah, you know, yeah, you played that pit, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember you guys started that thing at Pitt." And like Keith said, you know, uh, there was players before us, Sam Clancy, Carlton Nevelson, Dwayne Wallace. Uh, Sam Clancy was a big dude. Bill, yeah. Billy Knight, um, uh, a lot of great, a, a lot of great players. But yeah. as soon as you put Big East in front, now you're gonna say, hey, these guys at Pitt started this this thing. Yep. So me, it's it's just historical, it's, it's, it's legendary. And it was just an honor to play there. You know, um, I was just a piece. I was just that pawn, you know, and I'm I'm just grateful to be in that game. And I'm oh, yeah. grateful to be on this uh podcast and on this uh YouTube. And for you guys to have me on and um, great stuff, you know, to express uh, how I felt about, you know, being that pit. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't be humbled enough, you know, oh, yeah. uh, 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 for this this opportunity. Well, we enjoyed having both of you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Listen, as, as we've done this show now for well over 30 episodes we you know one thing that's come clear isabel every time we have this discussion with guys is there's a special bond and a brethren with all the guys that played in the conference because you went through the same thing at the same times you know the only thing different was the color of the jersey that you guys were wearing that's it you know and we rooted for you guys when you played outside the conference. You guys rooted for us when we played outside the conference. Absolutely. And, and that's a special, special thing that uh, Dave Gavitt and Mike Trangisi created. So thanks very, very much to Andre Williams and Keith Armstrong for being with us today on the Big East Rewind. Appreciate your time, man. I Thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Love you guys. That was great. Love you. Yeah, it was great. The Big East right. Rewind was produced you. and directed by Daryl Gurney and Nick Chico Chorus. You can see us on YouTube. Please go to YouTube and type in Big East Rewind in the search bar, and we'll, all the shows will come up. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe for free. It's free to, to, to subscribe. And also, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, you can reach Sonny and I at BigEastRewind at gmail.com. Thanks yeah, a lot for any- listening. Have a great night.